is upon us. It's time to dig in, to stand our ground, and watch for the next attack. You're in the Fox with Jason Mark. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Foxhole, where we stand our ground and watch for the enemy's next move. Uh, what is today? It's the 9th of November, uh, Thursday, 2023, and today we're going to be talking about some cool stuff. I have with me in studio Mr. Chris Graves. We refer to him as the Mastodonna Research. He's got a uh, Substack. He's got a, a, what is it, Rumble Channel, brand new Rumble Channel, which we'll talk about here in a minute. And uh, he's helped do a lot of research for author Don Jeffries. He does it for Tony Arterburn, for a lot of different people. Um, really deep research into stuff that they really try to hide. So um, tonight we're going to be talking about predictive programming, which I didn't used to take seriously, but now I do. Uh, so, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who may not know who you are. You know, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm Christopher Graves. I go by Chris and. Uh, I got hit in the face, so uh, I don't have all my uh, front teeth or anything. As you can tell, I sound like that guy from uh, a show that's big on predictive uh, programming, Family Guy. You know, uh, Herbert the Pervert. I, I don't know why I just brought that up. Hey, little boy. Like, you know, that's gross. But uh, anyway. The Simpsons. Simpsons did it. Well, they did it too. Yeah. And that was my heart monitor. So uh, forgive me for that. Um, no, I'm happy to be here. And I'm sorry I got his... Uh, you know, uh, we're starting off late, but, um, yeah, no, uh, I, um, yeah, you've been helping me. I want to give you a big thanks. Um, you've been uh, helping me restore my get mad uh, with Chris Graves episodes. That uh, was like a whole year of my life and uh, I'm able to preserve it on rumble. Uh, thanks to you, sir. So, Oh, no worries, brother. That's what we do. We help each other out in this community and, uh, we do it pro bono. Everything is just about getting the truth out there, which is what you're very, very good at. Thank you. And, um, I guess I'll jump into the predictive programming. So everything, 100%, well, almost 100% of the material we're going to talk about today was sent to me by Chris Graves. Uh, he sent me this because this is something I'm, I'm recently become interested in. And I'll tell you my my thoughts on predictive programming because yeah. I like to stick to fact. I like to stick to what I can pull a document and prove it. And I have always thought of predictive programming as somebody just catching something that's a coincidence. Um Maybe there's things known as Easter eggs that they hide in software, you know, on your your Android phone. You could push some buttons and some weird hidden thing comes up. If you watch Seinfeld, Seinfeld, their thing in Seinfeld was supposedly there's a hidden Superman or a Superman reference in every episode. I've heard so, that. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you call little Easter eggs. <laughs> so I've always thought that people are looking at predictive programming as a, a weird coincidence, like the number 33 showing up in a movie about something that has like Masonic uh, yeah. ties, you know, and I'm like, Oh, come on. That's, that's crazy talk. But you know, <laughs> so that, that was, that was, that was opinion one. And then um, opinion two, which made me start really thinking about predictive programming was about our education system. You know, yeah. I had uh, John Kleisick on, he he's the author of school world order yeah. and everything we're seeing today uh, including 9-11, um, the COVID scamdemic, uh, everything has been laid shootings, out. All the shootings, Oklahoma City. Shootings. Yeah. And it's like it, when the Easter eggs happen before the event, it, 
it makes me think, you know, and then looking at where they want to go for 2030. Yeah. Um, and so then I started thinking on the, the side of, uh, from a religious aspect, cause I am, I wouldn't say religious cause I don't believe in organized religion per se. Right. I believe in a, a relationship with God, but I do believe there's a good and an evil. Yeah, me too. Yep. And evil, uh, due to the nature of having to give your freedom over to it, uh, out of free will, it's almost like they have to warn you. And I had a very interesting conversation the other day with Levi. He's from narrow way, narrow gate ministries. He's in the chat right now. Shout out to Levi. And we talked a little bit about that, how it's almost like the, the devil has to, if you want to call him the devil or whatever you want to call him, uh, Satan, you know, whatever the evil forces that drive these people, they say, you've got to tell people what you're going to do to them first. And they have to willingly want it. It's called the revelation of the method. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, go ahead and tell me what your initial thoughts and how you got into looking at this predictive programming before we go into all the material. I want to know what, how you started with it. Um, the lone gunman was a, an X-Files spinoff that I watched in two, in March of 2001, the pilot episode, which was, uh, filmed, it was produced and filmed about six months before it premiered almost six months, almost six months, not quite to the day, but before nine 11, it was like March 11th, uh, March 10th or something, not quite the 11th, but six months before 9-11. And the episode dealt with a remote-controlled uh, 757 being flown into, or the attempt to fly it into the World Trade Center of uh, down, downtown uh, New York City, and then blaming it on um, Muslims to start a new war um, after... After the Cold War has been over, they needed a new uh, enemy, and they laid it right out there in the dialogue and in the plot and everything. And just hearing um, Dean Haglin, he played uh, he played the guy that looked like Garth from Wayne's World. He was one of the lone gunmen. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I got him up here. Uh, yeah. He some of the material I got. He, he actually came out and talked to of all people Alex Jones um, in like 2004 on Infowars, I believe, and he confirmed that yeah the uh, the writers and the showrunner Chris Carter they would have uh, meetings all the time with the CIA about plot points and uh, stories and you know uh, character arcs and just weird stuff that they would they would insist go into each episode. And they couldn't have been the only TV show that that was happening to. And as a matter of fact, the CIA had a liaison to a liaison to Hollywood. I was going to ask you that. I was yeah. going to because going back to my favorite TV series of all time, the whole franchise, as a matter of fact, is Stargate. Stargate yeah. SG One. I, I enjoyed the movie. I watched it with my father. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, that was uh, Kurt Russell was in that yeah. one. And then they then Richard Dean Anderson, uh, Richard Dean Anderson was the star for the series SG one. Uh, and then it spun off into Stargate. Uh, what was it? Atlantis and then Stargate Universe, yeah. which is kind of so so I think that was a different producer. <laughs> but one thing that caught my eye when I started looking at this predictive programming stuff um, was how accurate because I'm a military guy. Yeah. And when you watch these military kind of movies, they're like wearing their hat all funky or they're patches aren't on correct they they obviously had a liaison that was military yeah. that because their their stuff was spot on the way that they kept their weapons a little ready the way that they didn't flag each other like they obviously had somebody who took their their work seriously so they had a, a connection 
And then the fact that they they let them use shots of Cheyenne Mountain, you know, which is a tier one facility, you know, for their cutscenes. Yeah, that's and, how they get they get they will help a production. They will even right. let you use their equipment, their uh, uniforms, mm -hmm. everything in cooperation. But they request um, final script approval. Right. They dictate what gets put and what doesn't get put into the movie. And and the, and it could be uh, when we see these predictive programming things in these movies. And we we did a show with Guard and, and Audi. Uh, Audi yep. from MRR Modern Retro Radio and then Guard from the show you just came off of. Excellent, by the way. Excellent appearance. Uh, we did a music episode and we never quite got to it uh, because we just had a good time doing the show. But I wanted to get into how that um, the things that were put into movies and music and just entertainment in general was actually a way to shape uh, what do they say? Uh, art imitates life, imitates art. Social engineering, yeah. social engineering. There you go. So you make things more acceptable. And uh, I, I think that these shows, these movies that do the predictive stuff, they do two things. Number one, they they fill that need for evil to say, hey, this is what we're going to do. So when it happens, we, we told you, right. right? That way you're going along with it willingly. Yeah. Uh, and then the second thing is they condition you for when it does happen. You say, oh, I've seen that before. It works out in the movie. Uh, I think that's what, what we're looking or even at. Like during 9-11, uh, people on the ground in the city were saying, this looks like it's a movie, something out of the movies. This doesn't feel real. Yeah. I heard that over and over and over again on that day. Well, look look at where we are today when somebody's just getting beaten in the street for no reason. Yeah. 50 years ago, uh, men and even women would have went and grabbed the person and pulled them back. Now everyone whips their phone out and they film it. I'm going to get they, likes on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the new thing. You, you know, you got to go viral. Right. But yeah. it's, uh, it's about, it is like we're living in a movie because we've been uh, desensitized to this stuff. Pretty much. And I think that's, that's almost like an MK ultra kind of that, which that's proven that that's a real thing. That's not a conspiracy theory. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Church committees of the seventies. Yeah. It's, it's true. Yeah, I think it's all intertwined uh, and it fits well with the theme of my show, which is the attack on humanity and from from different mind control. Yeah. I mean, you can't attack anybody hard, more hardcore than mind control, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like. But uh, anyway, let's let's get into. Oh, the but, actual... oh, but can I just say one more thing? Uh, yeah, sure. The CIA liaison to Hollywood turned out to be none other than Tommy Lee Jones's cousin. And Tommy Lee what? Jones was in uh, JFK, Oliver Stone's JFK, a movie that theoretically should have never been allowed to be made in the first place. And also, who was Tommy Lee Jones's co uh, college roommate? I have no clue. Al Gore. Wow. Never it is, isn't it crazy? It's like yeah. the, how many levels from Kevin Bacon are you? Oh, six I, degrees of separation I, of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like these guys, uh, and, and some of the evidence that you've brought to the table tonight to throw up here and just kind of tickle people's brain with that we'll put up on screen or we'll read it. Yeah. Um, it, it shows the interconnectivity and you were on guard show talking about this, how the, the chances of, you know, this guy from Oklahoma city being this guy, you know, that was in charge of this and or you know, George, however, H. W., George H W Bush is connected to almost everyone involved, like with something horrible in the last 60 years, it seems like. And it, you know, I could understand if that was a one-off um, yeah. an Easter egg, if you will, or a, but a rant, but when you can look at every single one of these things and as the facts come out yeah. down the road, the facts are coming out. 
how interconnected these families are. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, the people, what are the odds for real? Yeah. Impossible, likely impossible right. um, to happen every single time. And this is factual stuff. So yeah, there's some speculation involved because they won't release the facts, but um, I try it, not to do that too much just because it, you know, backs you in a, into a corner. You try to have all your ducks right. in a row, you know, and there's a lot of, uh, people will report on it and, and it's a whole different show topic, but yeah. people will report on it and just to get, get it out there loud and, and, you know, let's get it out there. They'll throw in some, some crazy stuff and it discredits the real stuff. Pretty which much. Is why yeah. we try. Yeah. We try to just show what, what we can prove. Um, and I think that we have enough, you know, evidence here, you know, I mean, let's look at conspiracy theory, right? Well, isn't anytime you take one or more people, that worked on say a bank robbery or, or what a murder um, whatever. it's yeah. a conspiracy theory because the cops are theorizing this what ha uh, you know, this what happened case. yeah and they have to just prove it beyond a reasonable doubt exactly. and that's what we do is the, i don't know why conspiracy theory is such a bad word because we're investigators trying to prove beyond a reasonable doubt conspiracy so, analysts <laughs> there you go yeah but um, let's just jump into the first one. And I put them down. I guess we'll start with the Oklahoma City. Yeah. That's probably, in my opinion, that was the one I fell for the most. And until oh. I talked to Chris Emery and uh, Mary Ellen Moore yeah. and watched their documentary, that's probably the, the biggest one to pull up, the, the easiest one to pull apart. That was, the, that was the first one that I talked to you and Franco, uh, Angry mm -hmm. Tiger, about uh, about a year ago. It was the Oklahoma yeah. City thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before we even get there, let me read this definition. You sent me this. Uh, what is this? A uh, vigilant citizen. It's a forum and they defined what yeah. predictive programming is. So let's start there. Sure. Uh, uh, and I won't put it on screen. It's just text and no yeah. cool graphics. But predictive programming is a concept that seems to have originated with a man named Alan Watt, who defined predictive programming as predictive programming is a subtle form of psychological conditioning sound like our school system yeah that's why it's starting to lend credence to me that this is a real thing right yep. uh provided by the media mockingbird media yep. which we've seen throughout covid to acquaint the public with planned societal changes oh yeah 2030 right yep. the new the what is it new world order which now that's been said a million times by our leaders <laughs> yeah george hw bush said it over 100 times is in office well, yeah. they're already talking about it. I mean, they, they got a, they got videos about it. You know, it'll be you'll be own nothing and be happy. Uh, the U.S. won't be the dominant force. It'll be a handful of countries which they determine yeah. that run the world. How much more New World Order can you get? Yeah. Okay. Or, or PNAC, project for the New American Century Think Tank before nine. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to get schooled up on that one. Oh yeah. Uh, so societal changes to be implemented by our leaders. If and when these changes are put through, the public will already be familiarized. Or that's desensitizing to events, right? Yep. Be familiarized with them and will accept them as natural progressions, thus lessening possible public resistance and commotion. And then there was a link to it. It basically says the same thing. But that's what is considered predictive programming. I like what you said. It's social engineering. Yeah. You know, I think on the spiritual aspect, it's for foretelling you. We plan, it's kind of like um, if I'm an evil guy and I want to go take a slave, I can't just go take a slave. 
But what I can do is I can tell you that, hey, you're going to come work for me. And if you agree it, now you're a servant. Right, right. Do you see? And and God gave us free will. So if you look at it on a on a spiritual aspect, it's like, I don't think God would let someone just be fooled into this. They have to willingly go along with it. And even talks about, if you look in the book of Revelations, chapter 13, it talks about the mark of the beast. And people will want the mark. This is your CBDC. This is your passport. It's going to be a physical something on you. Um, a lot of people think it's going to be a chip. Or a, bar, uh, a barcode or something. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be something. And there's a lot of different speculation on that. But um, it's something that people, and especially now they're trying to go cashless. We got a, an issue with Chase Bank right now, not wanting to deal in cash. We got what's going on in, uh, is it Europe? Somewhere in Europe. Yeah. Um, they're, they're going, they, they opened the wallet. They, now they're trying to do the, the CBDC. They're going to do a UBI. It's real. It's happening. It's happening in real time, right in front of us. And it's something people will welcome because if you don't do it, you can't go buy your food at the store. You can't get your paycheck from your employer. So people will say, okay, okay, I'll take it incrementally through this conditioning or programming. If you will, people are going to welcome the slavery. Exactly. to become slaves right we already have to an extent anyway yeah yeah but uh but anyway let's talk about oklahoma city first just to show that this isn't crazy talk uh so right now you sent me this let me i'll put it on screen here it's a weird one if it's what i think it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so you talk about martin keaton the brother of uh oklahoma governor frank keaton just tell us about that a little bit about that connection well, he uh, he wrote a book that was actually, I think it was three or four years before the Oklahoma City uh, bombing called The Final the final Jihad, I believe. Um, I could have that title wrong, I think, or The Last Jihad. But basically, it was about the bombing of a federal courthouse in downtown Oklahoma City by a terrorist by the name of Tom McVeigh. Thomas McVeigh. That's Not right. Timothy, but Tom McVeigh. Uh, the book was called Knights of the Secret Circle. That's what it says in this post. I don't know. This is. Oh, uh, OK. Because. Uh, OK. I thought, yeah, I there, there's a few people that. Um, and if, if I'm not mistaken, there's actually a couple of things that were out there that kind of predicted this exact thing. Well, I knew about it as, as I knew a lot of people, researchers and stuff uh, oh. knew about it as the final jihad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The book was called. The Last Jihad. Last Jihad. Uh, and then Thomas McVeigh, the author, dedicated the book to Knights of the Secret. So I guess it's an organization, Knights of the oh, Secret. Oh, within the book, the story of the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I misread that. But it was just weird that the uh, the brother of uh, the guy who went along with the official story, the guy that actually admitted that there were unexploded ordnance in the Murrah building and was was filmed on the news saying as such and then later on goes and embraces the official story of a rider truck bomb um his brother would actually write a book that um mirrors the same exact thing that would happen like four or five years after while his brother is the governor and helps with the cleanup basically a rudy giuliani of oklahoma striking similarities right there yeah and I want to do a, I want to do a quick plug real quick. I wasn't going to do this, but you brought it up uh, about the uh, hold on. My stream yard is being goofy. All right, there we go. So this is Free Mind Films. We've uh, Chris 
Gra Chris Graves has interviewed Chris Emery, which works on these films, and we've interviewed him. Uh, well, I met him. I met him and Mary Ellen Moore through you guys. So thank you for that. Oh yeah, it's great. These are some great films, and uh, A Noble Lie talks that's a lot like about. The, that's like the loose change of o the Oklahoma City thing. Uh, you know, in my opinion, yeah. even better than loose change. But that's great. yeah, it's really good, and they don't even talk about some of the things you're talking about. Yeah. So hats off to you for that, for having that knowledge. Uh, maybe they should do a part two to it and have you as a guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, but yeah, all right, no, let's continue on with the that, that that foreshadowing. Yeah, that was just an that's a real eerie one. That one, the final jihad with Tom McVeigh. I mean, give me a break. You know? Yeah, it's it's almost like, and we don't have it up here, but if you read the Spars pandemic document, oh yeah, yeah. we've covered that already. That is a carbon copy with yeah. like one one letter difference in the name of the actual virus right and it's then exactly don't they have happened. a fauci like character that gets sacrificed yes. in the public yeah, yeah yes and in the end i think at the end of that that little tabletop exercise i think he gets uh pretty much crucified publicly that, yeah exactly. so we'll see if that happens didn't quite not. go that way with fauci yet and i don't know if it will but uh they, they're gonna do part two here i think this winter they're gonna do part two we'll see probably uh, because they need a part two they had uh catastrophic contagion was the last one they did yeah. and in that what you got to really look at before you even look at all the information i go to the end of those and i look at their key takeaways what they found out was important to address in the future right and in the past and then you go look at how they played it out and how they basically programmed those people part, you know participating yeah that maybe aren't part of the game and they kind of <sighs> lead them to that conclusion are you okay man you good yeah no yeah i know i'm just uh i'm excited okay, okay. <laughs> but the the final piece to this puzzle to get global control of people is to be able to have the world health organization have authority to tell countries sovereign nations what they have to inject in their people yeah okay and it's the same way financially they're doing the same thing Yep. Um, you know, with the central bankers and stuff like that. Eventually, uh, we'll get the Bank bail. of International Settlements and things. Eventually, we'll get the bail. The bail ends too. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna like. But that that was the key difference between the catastrophic contagion and the rest of them. The rest of them were all about how do we produce a vaccine fast enough. They talk about how do we ship it, distribute it. They talk about how do we get the public's confidence because it's experimental. Those are the things that they they so COVID nineteen in my opinion, was the test to see if what they had done so far was going to work. And it did to a large part. Yeah. So now, uh, because there is some pushback, then they hurry up and do this other one says, well, how can we like force people to do this? How can we make it uh, lawful to force people to do this? So now that's what the World Health Organization is working on. Exactly what their takeaway was from catastrophic contagion. Catastrophic contagion did not talk about uh, like very lightly. Did they talk about getting a vaccine out fast? Uh, distribution methods they did talk to a certain extent but the key takeaway was how can we make it or they basically said the problem is that the world health organization cannot force these nations to do what we say right so that's what they're working on now and th that's stuff going on right now um basically every part of the that group every nation in that group they're pretty much going to be bound to it unless they opt out but they reduce the time frame for them to opt out and i think right now only about 20 or so nations or even less maybe have actually opted out and the other nations you know we're busy with this israel garbage going on that yeah. they're not paying attention ukraine so, yeah everything uh, ukraine everything yeah ukraine that was a distraction yeah 
Yeah, um, money, money laundering. Let's not forget that too. So you said o- Oklahoma City was kind of like the the cleanup. Everything was like 9-11. Let's talk about 9-11 a little bit. Yeah, that one. Uh, there is a link on there that they did a really good job of showing a lot of the synchronicities and a lot of the predictive uh, things like kind of all. Oh, yeah, this is the lone gunman pilot, uh, the spinoff to uh, the X-Files that pretty much predicted the the attack uh, on the Trade Center, at least, you know by mm-hmm. using remote controlled uh, airliners, which a lot of people in the 9-11 truth movement do believe that the planes that were utilized for that operation could have been or were drone technology at the time, which was in existence at the time. It was even going back to the Northwoods proposal in yes. the 60s. That was one of the first shows we did together on your uh, your channel was the Northwoods, and we picked through it with a fine-tooth comb, and that was wow. approved by all of the joint chiefs all of them that's right so except not, that in jfk uh, nixed it and he was dead yep. six months later <laughs> yep yeah so look at this this is amazing this was six months what five six months before it, was, it premiered march of 2001 so about six months yeah a little yeah, yeah. and uh, i remember the lone gunman i didn't see a lot of them but i seen i remember it was a spinoff it was all right yeah I like then, those guys as characters on the X-Files. I always got a kick out of them. But as their own show, you know, it was okay. <laughs> yep, and here we go. There's the guy with the long hair you were talking about. Yeah, Dean Hagler. I've been trying to get him on one of these shows for a while. But uh, he said he would do it. But maybe it's a time, a schedule thing. But if I do, then, then we could ask him again to talk about, you know, like he did with Alex Jones about, how the CIA was planting ideas with the writers room of the X-Files and the Lone Gunman show and everything, you know, it all ties together. That that would be cool to find out if they had liaisons and um, yeah. why I'm sure they do script edits and oh, say, yeah. well, no, it's got to happen this way. It's got to be like this. Um, well, they actually had a, a movie that was supposed to begin filming at the World Trade Center on the morning of 9-11 starring Jackie Chan called Nosebleed. And he was supposed to be a window washer. It was like an action movie. And the producers of that aborted film, um, because obviously the attacks happened, so they couldn't film anything. Um, they ended up, uh, prior to 9-11, they had to get the schematics of the building to, you know, for the stuntmen and everything and Jackie Chan to work. So that was another opportunity basically kind of like with the power downs with the ace elevator and everything to maybe get things into place in a, a regular kind of way that doesn't seem weird because, Oh, it's just a film production, you know, no questions asked. Like who are these other people bringing stuff in? Oh, they're just key grips or PAs or whatever, working with the film, you know, that kind of thing. People don't know. know, You talk about Jackie Chan being a window washer in a, you know, movie you remember the family guy episode where uh peter did the the pitch you yes. know it was 9 11 2000 fun he's fun. like yeah, yeah yeah and he said he's like it's about a window washer and he just finished washing all the windows and he looks and he sees this <laughs> airplane he's like come on come on come on that- yeah yeah come come on. On. that was a real movie called nosebleed that was supposed to start filming starring Jack- jackie chan as a window washer of uh the world trade center yeah, right, right on the morning of all of all days. But, you know, family, an interesting thing there. I uh, I found out that Seth MacFarlane, 
he kept telling the same story in the media for 20 years about how he was supposed to be on flight 11 at uh, Logan Airport, but he missed the gate by 10 minutes because he was uh, hung over from uh, talking at his old college in Rhode Island the night before. But then I went and found out something weird that in the 9-11 official commission report, Seth McFarland's agent, um, and the reason why they decided to put this in the final final report of the 9-11 commission is beyond me. I don't know why. But they, they put this in there about how Seth McFarland's agent actually, hours before the flight, canceled his ticket. So the, the fact that he would go on uh, all these talk shows for years and years and tell the same story about almost dying in 9-11 is very odd to me. And Mark Wahlberg, of all people, who he later on would work with on the movie Ted, Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be on Flight 11 as well. But he, he decided to drive to New York City instead of going to Logan Airport. Weird, weird stuff. Well, I mean, just imagine this from all the famous people that were supposed to be on these flights. Was this like a, was this a G5? You know, like seriously, if you ever fly on an airplane, how many famous people are on that airplane? Maybe once every hundred flights, you might have somebody that's well known, but supposedly all these people, you know, I don't know if that's like a, a stolen valor or false you know i almost died and then they have their story to share it just or seems really weird woodstock you know that kind of thing yeah right right yeah yeah but more um, but there's some other stuff that supposedly and this is probably why i really kind of turned a blind eye to this you know this concept um you know because you got this stuff here you That's go this from a long time ago Oh yeah, this is it talks about and I mean I guess if you dig through the history books enough, yeah, you're gonna see you can right. find something, right? But it uh, is rather odd though, <laughs> like especially the perfume ad right there. That's very weird. Yeah, and then you got this, which this is kind of a little stretch to me. You know, you can kind of that's a stretch, yeah. And, and this is kind of the kind of stuff that maybe did now. This this I find weird because I've seen this a lot, a lot it's of different it. movies. The time is set to 9-11 in certain scenes. That is strange. Yeah. And of course, uh, the uh, Matrix, uh, the uh, date on Neo's, the expiration date on Neo's driver's license says uh, September 11, 2001. And this movie was released in April of 1999. So do you think that things like this are coincidences? Um, I think a bunch of, I think a good, I'll be honest with you. And I know other conspiracy people will probably get upset with me saying this, but I do honestly think that there are coincidences. I know I okay. like to say that there, you know, there are no coincidences, but I think occasionally, yeah, you're going to get some things that people might stretch out to be like, come on, like, no, this is absolute proof. But I think a, a bunch of these are, you know, like right there with Mickey's tail and his hand touching the nine in the le- I mean, that's, you know, that's, yeah, that's kind of, and, fl- and I would, I would wonder if, there are uh, teams of people out there that look for these because who the heck would remember? Oh, when I was seven years old, this one particular half a second scene in this particular cartoon, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that, that they do that to discredit the same way that, you know, like an Alex Jones or somebody goes over the top. Right. And that makes the legit stuff. And this is, it probably works because I've always looked at this like, oh man, people are really reaching. I'm not going to look into it. Um, But I think there's some there, there, you know? 
Um, There's too many for it to be. It, let's just put it this way. There are too many that I've found, like way beyond what I was able to send to you today. There mm-hmm. were way too many that I would get, send to Don Jeffries over the last three years to for them all to be just a coincidence. Let's put it that way. That yeah. I don't think is a coincidence. I, I think it's similar to, to alternative media where you have people out there that's pro- providing legit information Yeah. Um, that goes along with the uh, the social engineering or the I'm telling you I'm doing it. So you've allowed me to do it. Yes. Uh, kind of mentality. And then th- that gets poisoned to dilute. Um, that's yeah. my, my theory behind Tucker Carlson and B- Dan Bongino. I used to yeah. like both those guys, although I did not like how Tucker interviewed his guests. He belittled. Um, if, if you were a conservative, he would basically yeah. kiss your rosy behind. But right. if you're a, you know, a liberal, he wouldn't let you finish a sentence. Right. And I didn't like how he did that. Uh, and he, but, uh, and he kind of poo-pooed the uh, the nine eleven truth stuff too. Yeah. Well, I think that they. I they think that was his marketing orders at the time. You know. Yeah, I think they pushed them into alternative media to mm-hmm. dilute what we have to say. I think it was a, a move, a strategic they move. They him and Russell Brand. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's take a look at. Um, I guess we'll look at Columbine and some other school shooting some predictive stuff the Columbine one is very reminiscent to the oklahoma city uh the final jihad thing because it was like in that case there was a book called the final exam and that was that came out in 1990 and columbine happened nine years later and the woman that wrote the book lives in colorado near littleton i believe and actually did base the high school in the story based on the actual Columbine high school and is depicted on the cover of it. I think it might be in one of the links there. Yeah. I'm looking at, I got, you sent me so many links. I tried to make her had them all. This one's on the dark night. The dark night rises actually had predictions of both Sandy hook and Columbine. I saw that. Well, Columbine was in 99, but you're talking about, yeah, Aurora. Aurora, I'm sorry. Aurora. Yeah. Yeah. Aurora and, uh, some parkland stuff is kind of mixed in too i don't know what i did with the columbine stuff it's just oh, I here it is i found it the final exam i think it was yeah. called i got a whole bunch of tabs up so i got them even grouped and it's still a lot so there we go yeah and you sent me a couple of these and you can see right here it says columbine high yep um and what's the the basis of this story again Oh, it's a massacre at Columbine High School, but it's 1990. <laughs> and the woman was familiar with that high school because she grew up from the area. So the author actually, you know, yeah. It's so just another here. one of those weird ones, like like the Oklahoma City one, you know. Um, it's I a, mean, they did, as far as I know, they didn't have any. Uh, actually, yeah, right there below, you see it says, remind me of a book written by the governor of Oklahoma. <laughs> it's the same thing we just talked about. Yeah, only I don't think in this story she actually had the killers named Harrison Klebold, because then it would really be a little obvious, you know what I mean? Yeah, we give it away. Yeah. And then even the Sandy Hook, um, you know, and we're not yeah. saying nobody died at these events, folks. Not so saying that at all, just showing what was in a Batman movie. Um, yeah, I'm trying just, to find it now. Yeah, there there's, go. yeah, and family with, yep, are you, that's right. And so there's the Aurora reference, yeah. which like again, that could be um, coincidence. Could you know, be, could be a stretch, but yeah. But then you got 
the strike zone that Commissioner Gordon right points to says hand and that could be a stretch too but here's the creepy part jason i did some digging for mr donald jeffries for hidden history three or well now four it'll be in and the guy that was responsible for creating that prop the prop master i forget his name right now but he lived in newtown near sandy hook and he died in a very mysterious vehicle crash shortly after the dark knight rises was released there's a lot of that that goes on. But here oh, we go. There's the picture I was looking for. There you go. Right zone. Yeah. And right here, Sandy Hook. Yeah. And then um, that's crazy. Uh, that's. But the, the guy responsible for putting that in the in the movie, the prop master, he was from mm -hmm. the Sandy Hook area, Newtown, and he died in a very weird way. And another thing, the author of the Hunger Games, the woman that was the author of that which kind of goes into child sacrifice and all that stuff. She was from Newtown as well. Wow. That is crazy. Weird I mean, there's some stuff though, like the whole, I remember with Sandy hook, they put out the whole Christmas tree thing. Like how did they get all these Christmas trees? Well, it, was, it turns it, out. It was pictures um, of, uh, yeah, 26 Christmas trees, like behind the, the firehouse or whatever. So, so what I had heard and what I read and it was already you know, changed a whole bunch. So yeah. yeah. What, did you, what did you hear? Uh, so there's an annual thing they did, which was a uh, Christmas tree for the poor people drive. And whenever that happened, then they had stacked them up to, to get them ready to go ahead and give to the family. But I'm telling you right now, if your kid just got shot by a lunatic, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm sorry. Here's a tree. Right. That's so cold and insensitive. So I don't know what to think about it. I know that it was overplayed. Like, you know, they showed pictures of them behind the firehouse, which is right down at the end of the drive, because that was a dead end road that, that led into the school. I went into that right. road um, yeah. two years ago. Oh, and that was another quick cleanup, too. Um, very quick. They made the, the people that demolished the building, they made them sign non disclosure agreements. Yeah. And, and I can understand if it's a sensitive nature. It's just too many weird, uh, yeah. weird coincidences that it makes you wonder. It makes you go, hmm. Makes me um, do that. Yeah. And and know, I'm not saying it was one thing or the other. I'm just saying it's yeah. weird. Some weird stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think there's other other things that are more like the 9-11 thing. When you look at the Simpsons, all the stuff around it, the cleanup, the um, yeah. Operation Northwoods, you know, and then you start throwing Project Bluebeam in there and all this other stuff that it's really speculation, not saying that's not possible, but right. it, it's so far fetched that the average person will take the actual evidence and and toss it out um but i think the reason they're willing to do that is because they have been so desensitized because of the programming the social engineering that we see these things on a on a daily basis almost some kind of a tragedy and then instead of uh being watching in horror or running away we're whipping our, our phones to film it <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's crazy exactly yeah. Um, what else do we have? Let's let's run a quick commercial and then uh let me do yeah. shout outs real quick and then I'm gonna run a quick commercial. Um we got Karen Carpenter. What's up, Karen? She's actually gonna talk on the same subject, hopefully Saturday. We were gonna do it last Saturday, but she had some technical issues. Yeah, so um, she she's got uh, some crazy stuff that you won't believe, and it's more into the the other realm of I'm telling you what I'm gonna do several years in advance, and they do it in an artistic way that you would synchronicity revelation. yeah you're watching this performance you're like what the heck is this this makes no <laughs> sense who would put something like this together but now five six years later it makes perfect sense they, yeah. they were acting out 
in hindsight. You know? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Little John's in the chat. What's up, Little John? Hey, John. Angus Mustang. Uh, make sure you check out his show. Little John was on there last week with. Yeah, him. we have a yeah Event Horizon. Yeah. Yep, Event Horizon. Sure. You can find all of this on Knights of the, the Knights of the Storm .com, as well as your new Substack. I did put on there. Oh, thank you, um, Levi from Narrowway Narrow Gate. I talked to him about this uh, a couple days ago. We had a phone conversation and we talked about predictive programming, and uh, we talked about how we both believe that you know the evil forces out there that drive this they either feel the need or they must tell you in order to get you to willingly go along yeah um, so but we can't catch it or we get slowly it's like um, the old, it's like the old uh, horror trope i think like uh, you have to invite the vampire into your home yeah maybe that's where that comes from yeah that's one we, of them we got angry tiger make sure you check him out uh tiger's dens tiger and snake financial report now he's got one on free world fm tiger tales a great show on saturday night at 8 p.m yeah that was good that actually pulled off live um yeah. i know they're still getting it up but the chat was going it was pretty good the live chat. you're gonna be on there too right and supposedly yeah. i am too if i can get the bugs out of this yeah i got a bug on my end too we got to work it out with billy and figure out what's going on yeah uh who else we got more people here body chat going on Oh, dad guy. That's Patrick. Patrick the plumber. What's up, okay. brother? Uh, I know there's more in here. Maybe not. If I missed you, please forgive me. I'll look through it when I run this commercial and see if I missed it. Oh, Risha M. There you go. I'm hoping you're feeling better, Risha. We we did pray for you. Uh, surgery or something that she was uh, recovering from. So um, good to hear. I know you said you were doing better. And I think that's the Syrian girl. What's up, Syrian girl? and all right let me go ahead and kick this off so i'm going to play this this is uh our buddy uh audi from modern retro radio he uh he's he interviewed myself and he interviewed tiger and i think i think i caught the hint he was going to interview angus mustang and it's supposed to play this saturday so check out modern retro radio it's the place to go to here well you'll see check it out <laughs> new music Classic artist. That's how we do it here at Modern Retro Radio. Lenny Kravitz has just released his 11th studio album. Here is the ever-enduring pop genius, Beck. Giving you the latest from Sheryl Crow. Lindsey Buckingham. Marilyn Manson. This is garbage. A song called Blood for Poppies. Robert Cray. He's channeling Al Green. Better known as Shaka Brand new music from Parliament Funkadelic. Back in the 1980s and 1990s, we knew him as Terrence Trent Darby. This is Taylor Dane. You know, you know that group, Foo uh, Fighters? I am vaguely it. familiar with them, yeah. The new album from Slash, Phil Collins, covers the four tops. Metallica's 2016 double album, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Here we got Aerosmith with Beyond Beautiful. And welcome back. Um, hey, we got Chris Graves in the chat. What's up, brother? <laughs> yeah, that, in there to say hi. Oh, man. yeah, a lot of good conversation going on in there. I wish I could keep up with it. It's just uh, too much for I need a producer. You know, I need a producer to do this. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about coronavirus. Um, you sent me this one predictive programming pandemic. Um, let's, yeah, I, I, 
is it bad that am I showing my my age now? I don't actually remember which one I sent you. Here, I'll bring it up. Okay. But I can tell you now that um let's see. Here's my oh okay. Okay, so yeah. someone defined what predictive programming was. It was another had, one of those, yeah. Yeah, now coronavirus isn't really uh, here they're talking about the 12 monkeys being yep. predictive programming uh the crossing they talk about a pandemic um my mr robot season three episode 10 uh i mean it goes on and on and you know we've seen the uh uh what's the movie uh outbreak and all that outbreak stuff. yeah i remember jeff goldblum yeah. i don't know of any particular work of you know fiction that specifically talks about this exact situation but i, I know mean, of several I tabletop think, exercises well yeah there's that but i think there was the movie contagion that had a lot of eerie similarities and even yeah. like i think dr sanjay gupta of cnn i think he even played himself in the movie contagion and mm -hmm. he he repeated a lot of the lines he said in the movie in real life at the beginning of the pandemic which made it even more feel like a movie kind of thing like the 9-11 thing well, I think when it comes to, um, you know, like we go through these these kind of uh, trends, yeah. like let's look at the the occult, if you will. Yeah, we all of a sudden I know we had Bewitched and we had I Dream of Jeannie back yeah. in was at the 60s or something like that. Yeah, right? mid 60s, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we used to watch those. They ran for for decades. But all of a sudden you get this show called Charmed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. comes on and now it's like every other of these that like, kind of teen kind of you know late teen 20-ish age actors sabrina, sabrina the teenage witch yeah they they've got uh superpowers and and i think they've conditioned people to get away from god um right. not necessarily saying that there's a plan they're just conditioning people's mindset and i think all these you know catastrophe movies which these seem to come over they seem to keep coming it's not like it was a trend yeah. for a while but that's getting people used to the idea that, oh, when this outbreak happens, we need to rely on the government. Right. Because it's always the FEMA that comes in or or whatever. Or it doesn't. Um, like in real life. Sometimes they don't. Look at Katrina. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, they'll come in and take your guns. That's what yeah, they'll do. come when it's good for them or their handlers or whoever they're working for. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, okay. it's okay. You can walk down the street in the water, you know, knee deep water with a big screen TV you just looted. Yeah. Uh, bother you. Yeah, <laughs> but the little old lady at home, high on a hill, dry as a bone, they're going to come take her pistol, and and yeah. knock her to the ground. By the way, and almost kill her. Yeah, and, and then leave bother, her there with no help, and not bother to get the people, the old folks in the nursing home that's underwater too. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Look, you know, looking at all these different things for coronavirus, and there's some stuff that uh, Karen's going to get into. Uh, yeah, that's kind of why I. I I tried to stay away from that because I wasn't sure exactly which one that. Oh, there's there's some amazing stuff that she has to present that yeah. shows that. So I think this portion, what this article talks, and this is a good one to talk about because it's a general conditioning. This is the the part, um, the part one that I said that I can believe in this because it's a social conditioning which they they've been. I mean, our school is all about social conditioning. They don't yeah. even teach. Nobody's proficient in math or English or anything anymore. But they know that they don't know what gender they are. Look at the food pyramid. Yeah. The food pyramid is con conditioning. I mean, that was a load of uh, horse manure too. Yeah, you know. But I think that there are there's been a lot of uh, 
with the with the disaster movies, not just the pandemic stuff, yeah. any disaster movie whatsoever, a reliance on government. It always comes back to a reliance on government. And that's even been going back to the movie Earthquake from '74. You know, the, yeah. The, yeah, LAPD. What did they do mm -hmm. in that movie? You've oh. always got your hero. You know what was the one uh, with the Rock when he, he had to fly into L.A. It was oh yeah, I can't yeah. remember the name of it. But but, yeah. but it's always the you know even the hero was the guy who was minding his own business, but he's a super badass, and the government had to call in. So it's thank the government that we sent this hero. <laughs> yeah, it's I'll take my chances with Snake Plissken. Thanks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, he was even he was even sent in by the government, right? Yeah, but he had person. an explosive that was going to blow up if he didn't do what they said. <laughs> yeah. Once that came out, see ya. Oh, <laughs> uh, so we got a guy. Horton had that flute. San Andreas, thank you, thank San you, Horton, Andreas. and welcome to the chat. That's right. Um, good to see you, San Andreas. I actually enjoyed that movie. It was pretty, a little too unbelievable, but yeah. you know, a lot of action. I remember when it came uh, out, I never got to see it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when the building was getting down into the water or the water was coming, whatever, you know. Right. But it's a pretty good flick, you know, if you like the action stuff. But it, anyway, it goes back down to, you know, looking at this coronavirus thing, looking at the volcano movie. You got the core where they got to oh. restart the core of the planet. And it's always government funded, big government. The government's going to save you. Yeah. Um, you know, what was the one? Armageddon, they just send the oil drillers out to uh, space cowboys, all space that. Yep. Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is social conditioning to, to say that, you know, these things are going to happen and the entire world's going to die unless yeah. we get the government involved and trust them to save us all. Yeah. So, and, and save COVID. Yourself. Save yourself, kids. <laughs> Did we not see that with COVID, though? You yeah. got to take this shot. You got to social distance. You got to put the mask on. You put pinwheels on your head, whatever, you know. And then the race riots that happened during that time mm -hmm. showed that you really can't depend on the authorities at all. That is, that's cognitive dissonance there. Yeah. But they were justified because of, so that's the other side of the social engineering, which is cha changing social norms. Yep. You know, changing like, okay, you, some guy died that basically died of a fentanyl overdose because he was trying to hide it from the cops and swallowed it. I, I was talking more. I know what you're talking about with that. Kyle said, Rittenhouse defended himself with yeah. a gun from a what guy I'm who had a gun. What I'm talking you know? about is when the cops in every city, including Boston, I remember, were told to stand down during riots and things. That's that what showed, I'm talking about. It showed yeah. that no one's going to protect you at all. Yeah, in Rittenhouse and all that. Yeah, that that was a part of during that time of like a grand social engineering uh, of the highest order, including shutting down smaller businesses. Like there's all different phases through it, you know, like in different paradigms and whatever. Well, yeah. Back, back to the relying on government for everything to tell us what, uh, what a man or a woman is to tell us yeah. which bathroom we can use um, to, to save us from the invisible enemy that's coming down from the sky or whatever, you know, coronavirus or whatever the invisible, the terrorist, uh, for the aliens, trail. Yeah, well, that's was going to be the final topic, actually. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I know, I, I know Levi from Narrow Way Narrow Gate has a lot of intel on this. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll have to do a show with what he's got, but he's got a, done a lot of biblical research and stuff that it's kind of been predicted already. Yeah, the blue beam thing goes into that and the alien stuff. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Didn't mean to derail things. No, no, it's it's all good. So I guess we can 
I guess we beat that dead horse. Uh, we know that they <laughs> they they admit they social engineer through schools and stuff like that. They want a new world order. They all admit this. So we're looking at this predictive programming as that yeah. that's their method. Um, subtly, sometimes subtly, sometimes not so subtly. Sometimes in your face, yeah. Yeah, in your face. Yeah. So I I would predict, and I'm not trying to be a prophet here. I could be wrong, you know, because you know what they say about false prophets. But I think this winter we're going to see something come out. It may take a little longer. I think they're going to wait for the world health organization to have like some kind of authority over sovereign nations to impose their will. Yeah. Uh, once that's in place and nobody paid attention because they're watching Israel right now, or yeah. they're still, if you're watching reruns, you're watching Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and Watch if you really that. like the oldies, maybe you'll go back to Afghanistan or Iraq. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, and they're pushing Iran now. It's like, come well, on. Well, that's that's going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen. They've wanted to go to war with Iran. And and trust me, China's coming up because of Taiwan. So Taiwan is to China what Israel is to Iran, what Ukraine is to, you know, uh, yeah. uh, freaking Russia. I don't know why I couldn't think. I want to say USSR for some reason. Oh, yeah. Um, I grew up in the 80s. And then I'm still wondering what's going to kick off with North Korea. Uh I, I that's yeah. still a wild card right there because I don't know if they're on board with all that, yeah. but but that's always there in our back pocket, right? If we need it's always a, a boogeyman uh, on the shelf, yeah. yeah, always there, always, always out there sticking our nose where it don't belong, right? Yeah, and it should end, that should end, but it, I don't see it ending. Yeah. All right, well, hey, we're we're uh, we've already hit in about the hour mark, but, but I did want to talk about a little bit, get your take on, yeah, man. A, a lot of people. Uh, are talking about the next move probably after this next fake pandemic um and the maybe real dark winter so to speak the dark winter <laughs> they're you know they're injecting uh nano particles of graphene oxide in us which we know scientifically they tell you they'll form graphene sheets they'll roll up on themselves and create nanotubes right. uh, a lot of people think 5g has something to do with that there is some circumstantial evidence that says it's possible you know, I don't want to speculate. We've already reported on this. So um, if, if anybody wants to know my sources, I can go find that episode and uh, we can. We well, there were articles over. during the during the beginning of the lockdowns. Well, actually, of the vaccine rollout at the very beginning, there were reports from people having this weird metal metal aftertaste. As if oh, wow. something like that was in the vaccine. It, it, it is. It, it is interesting as well. I know it's circumstantial, but I do find it interesting that the the rollout of the you know the, the pandemic and the rollout of the virus is exactly when five G just went live, right? Same time, and you would think with the entire world shutting down, yeah, um, you would think that the five G implement the install of the towers, the all that stuff would be kind of pushed back pushed to the right like everyone's everyone else's lives was pushed to the right you know right. oh you gotta wait i'm sorry you're gonna get that promotion and go on this great business trip but no now go home and don't get paid right. you know or, or use your vacation time or whatever for the yeah. next two weeks i.e two years yeah. um yeah yeah but yeah by easter of that year everything was supposed to be back to normal it's okay. we're still not but um, hey, let's let's knock it out. Let's get out of here. Uh, yeah. Let's real quick. Just your thoughts on uh, back to get on uh, to getting back on track. Yeah. Uh, once they 
you know, if they have kickback from the next whatever this fake virus will be or a real virus and the World Health Organization is going to be pushing, they're going to mandate certain countries to do certain things. Once there's pushback, that's when I see this fake alien invasion, which a lot of people think is a, a real thing and we have the technology to do it. Right. Um, what, how do you think that's going to play out if it does play out? Well, I, you ever consider that they might say the next virus or the next uh, thing is extraterrestrial kind of blending of the two, you know, where it's the invisible enemy, but the extraterrestrial invisible enemy. Like, but we have the technology to make it visible. Um, well, yeah, but why even go through that, that trouble if they don't have to kind of like, well, that's, that's true. Kind of like every terrorist is a terrorist cell after 9-11 was on every street corner in America. The invisible uh, enemy before 2020. You know? Well, I want you to consider this, and I don't know if anybody's ever tried to make this connection. And I know it's like, again, speculation. I'm just looking at how technology works. Yeah. But if you've ever been to a cool, uh, I remember we watched some Native American kind of a show. Uh, it was at some theme park we were at and they, it was behind glass and they had to fill the room with a light layer of smoke and it was a laser hologram show. Oh, okay. Look, yeah. Looked real as can be, you know, wow. but you got to have that, the particles in the air to be able to reflect that light, to be able to do that hologram. Yeah. Now, when you um, couple that with them dropping these metallic particles in the air for chemtrails, that's right. If you've got these things, a very light mist in the air, could you not theoretically project a hologram in the air that looks like a spaceship or something? I think those plans have been on the books for a long time. Even the CIA in cooperation with DARPA. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember seeing footage and I tried to find it for one of our episodes, but it was a big deal where yeah. somebody had filmed this wobbly. It was a wobbly UFO. I think it was down in Mexico City and it turned out to be a, a hoax that From somebody six i remember that they played yeah. it on fox yeah yeah and um I, it looks the cool at the was, time but now it looks like fake as, as crap but yeah the wall was, was behind the building right and it was like well supposedly oh. it was really visible and it was it was a holographic projection because right. the air was so smoggy they had enough particles in the air to be able to do that yeah now if you've got the chemtrail stuff that's just kind of floating around yeah, I, and it's way up in the air. Couldn't you project like a huge flying saucer? I mean, you you can, you absolutely can. Now, will they do that? I don't know. I just know we have the technology to do it. So I'm speculating here, trying to look forward. So when I see it, I'm like, wait a minute, let me think about what I'm seeing right now. Is this real? It's questioning you know? your eyes and your mind and everything mm -hmm. else they want you to do. Is second guess yourself, you know. And you know the food we eat, and I just went through the brain fog thing with Doctor Laguardia. Yeah. Uh, the medications they give us, the food we eat, uh, we're malnourished. Our IQ points have dropped because of the you know, fluoride in the water. I think they've tracked it back to that. Yeah. Um, my brain my brain feels like uh, I haven't had any oxygen today, actually, right now. Yeah. Well, we'll get off here, man. I know you've... you've no, no, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean like that. I'm just saying, like, when you say brain fog, I'm definitely feeling something right now where it's like my... You might be getting that same stuff that's been going around that I got. Unfortunately, yeah. I only had it for about four days or so. It's hit my wife twice back to back. And you know, uh, I just feel like, wow, like this air in my head or something, you know, I don't know. Now I'm sounding like an idiot, but it just feels like weird. Like I didn't have oxygen today. 
or I don't know. Anyway, thank you for having me on the show. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, just real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to MJ, which is way cool Snoopy. I don't know if I seen hey, him. MJ. Uh, he said he's on the truck, but he caught most of the show live. That's pretty cool. Thank you for listening. MJ was great. Um, there's more to come on this trucking thing we talked about. Yeah. Uh, we're going to cover some more of that. It's actually worse than we anticipated. And then uh, Narrow Way, Narrow Gate, that's Levi. Uh, he says they have in New York City 3D billboards that have characters coming out up yep. and doing things that make, make people think it's real. Check out the videos of it. I know. it's It's crazy what they can do. They were making uh, fun of that in like night in 1989 with Back to the Future Part Two with Jaws Jaws 19. Mm -hmm. Remember, Marty's like, yeah, the shark still looks fake. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> ah. hologram. Ah. Yeah, yeah, shark still looks fake. Well, hey, let me get us out of here. Um, I hear your monitor going off, so yeah. I know you probably need to get some food and a little bit of rest. Yeah, I and I appreciate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, let's let's talk about. I don't want to forget the plugging because you have a new channel. Oh, we all do, yeah. Freeworld.fm. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do you first. Digging Chris Graves is yeah, that's the that's the channel, folks. And no one, believe me, that any of my my work uh, besides Paratruther with Tony Arterburn, besides that, which I'm proud of as well, um, any of my work uh, that represents me would be right here on the official Digging Chris Graves Rumble channel. And I appreciate everyone that has already subscribed and i've been uh with the help of this man right here i've been able to restore episodes that i never thought were actually going to be able to be restored so it's been a community project that we help each other out you know trying to make sure that people go subscribe and things so it's a community effort but i appreciate you you know giving thanks or whatever because it's got cool. the foxhole we got uh, uh franco and you uh you got Substacks. guard goldsmith was a sweetheart he uh had me come on and babble about some jfk stuff and um yeah am i missing any oh yeah tiger tales 8 p.m you know and foxhole and nights of the storm and uh yeah i'm on twitter uh if you want to find me it's at c graves mask guy but other than that just take trying to take it easy and everyone just love each other and uh have have a laugh or two and it's been great hey, don't, you know. don't forget the sub stack right here i added you um, oh thank you yeah. yeah, you're added to the Substack, and then here's free work. Uh, that's free mind films. We'll <laughs> yeah. They're good too. <laughs> yeah, the oops, friends, right here. You can get to the free world if you don't want to type it in. Um, I put it in here somewhere. There it is. Oh, sweet. See, Franco, I kept my promise. I put it on there. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So hopefully we'll be on there live soon. Um, still working out a couple bugs. Yeah, uh, probably on our end. So we got to get with Billy. That Billy's working with a lot of people right now. So I understand um, trying sure. to get everybody ironed out. You know, it's going to take oh, yeah. a little time. But yeah. Franco's on there live. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Anyway, so I want to thank you again. Some for some reason we just minimized me. Okay, there we are. We're back. Um, thank you again for coming on, Chris. And uh, I'm sorry for the late start. Yeah. If you need anything, give me a call, man. Give Franco a call. Franco and any any all out there need me, give me a call. Uh, if you want to do a show, you want to even start your own podcast, we will help. Um, we'll go it's out good of man, folks. It's good man. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll say good night. I, I, that does it for tonight. Uh, remember to hold your ground, watch the enemy, improve the foxhole, and always look out for one another. Until next time.
You've been watching The Foxhole with Jason Barker.